Hello and welcome to Beer Prime. This is episode 37 featuring Neptune Brewery and special guest co-host Melissa Cole. Hello, it's Paul here. Thanks for joining me again. You're in for a big treat today as the episode features Les and Julio Grady from Liverpool's Neptune Brewery, as well as the brilliant beer writer Melissa Cole, who will be joining me as a special guest co-host. No beer news or a roundup of my recent beers, as it's all about the guests today. I'm recording this intro on the 2nd of December, the day of the British Guild of Beer Writers Awards, in which I'm up for an award. The episode will go out on the 3rd, so stay tuned after the chat with Neptune and Melissa is done, as I'll let you know how I got on and we'll chat a little bit about how the evening went. I've seen the bar list and there are some cracking beers to try, and there'll be lots of legends from the industry to meet too. Okay, so let's start by welcoming Melissa Cole. Hello, hello, how are we doing? I'm all good, I'm all good, how are you? I'm a little bit out of puff. I've literally I've just done <laughs> done uh, done some training at the gym and and rushed back and uh, and, and and had a beer straight away. So I'm kind of happy about that. To be honest. <laughs> well, you, fantastic. It's, like, you know, it's, it's the yin and yang of all these things. I have to say I'm still actually in my uh, in a great big sweatshirt and my great sweaty gym gear. But, you know, <laughs> Uh, this is the joy of a podcast, yeah, isn't it? Absolutely. Only, only, only you have to put up with my sweaty face. <laughs> not a problem, not a problem at all. Well, thank you so much for uh, agreeing to to do this. It's brilliant to have your input. Um, before the guys from Neptune uh, come on, mm-hmm. I just wanted to have a quick chat with you because um, since we last spoke, when we last spoke, you had your um, little book of lager had come out. Yeah. Uh, but mm-hmm. since then, you've got a, another brand new book out. Yeah, I mean, it, it probably should be clear. I'm not that prolific. They weren't that back to back. It's just that poor little book of lager came out during the uh, during the pandemic, and because it's very much um, a little um, impulse purchase kind of design, which worked beautifully for little book of craft beer. You know, we sold loads. It did really well. But you need shops open like Oliver Bonners and places like that where people grab it and Smiths and things. Mm. So people go, oh, I'll just grab that because it's just a tenner or, you know, so it didn't it didn't do so well. Bless it. Oh. Never mind. I'm still very proud of it. Absolutely. Um, and uh, and uh, I mean, really, not long after that had been released, I had already started uh, writing Ultimate Book of Craft Beer, which is obviously a bit of a title to live up to. Um, yeah. I, I, uh, you, you, you have to go with what your publishers know. So it's, it's, it, it is a book I am very proud of. Um, what it does is it revisits a lot of the tenets of Let Me Tell You About Beer, which was my first book, which um, talking to lots and lots of people who have come into the beer industry now, um, who are in their sort of late 20s and early 30s, um, it was their first beer book and I really wanted to revisit a lot of the way that that laid out very simply about if you like this drink try this drink if you if you like these flavors try these beers if you if you want to get a little bit nerdier there's some stuff about what is diacetyl what is that powder hide you know, mm. how is beer made a little bit about glassware if you give a monkeys um, 
which I'm very clear to say that you don't have to give a shit about. You don't want to. <laughs> Um, and you know it's it's kind of it's, it's kind of just like oh my god just make the beer good first worry about all the rest of the accoutrement later yeah. um, and um, and sort of also revisiting some of the outdated science and let me tell you about beer as well because at the time um, things like hop oils and stuff like that where they were just purely about bittering um, and about shelf stability and about really quite cutty cornery or big beers um, and now obviously that's all moved on a pace so I sort of wanted to put in a lot of that some of the sensory science has moved on a bit um, and I wanted to broaden out a little bit as well so there's, there's some there's some little fun nuggets in there that I found that I found along the way like we sort of um, as beer writers we'll we'll talk about how you know, Belgian beer's got Curacao orange in it, but what the ever-living shit is a Curacao orange? And I knew it was mm. a, a specific, you know, it came from the from the Dutch East Indies for um, want of a better phrase for them. Um, and I knew it came originally from the Dutch spice trade. But what I didn't know was actually originally it was planted by the Spanish. Um, it mutated. It didn't really work as an eating um, orange and as a, but as a result when it was actually used as a botanical first taken back by the Dutch and used um, by Bolt um, it actually that was that was then what actually cemented it as a as use in drinks so it's used in spirits and then of course it started being used in beer as well yeah. so and and I just thought that was quite an interesting one I, I, I thought I didn't really see that having been been used and it was very much the inspiration for putting that story in was actually um, my darling friend Susan Boyle who who presented this amazing uh, presentation a while back and did this amazing paper on um, how coriander seed had changed brewing across the world so really it was it was sort of it was it, I thought it was a little it was a little tiny weeny because it was nowhere near as detailed as the amazing work Susan did there's a little sort of tiny weeny companion bit to that um and she's such she's such a clever and beautiful wonderful <laughs> writer and presenter and I adore her um and and I wanted to sort of bring some of the lightness and brightness from things like little craft beer and 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 um and a uh, little book of lager and there's some stuff from beer kitchen in there as well so mm. it sort of brings brings a lot of my books together but there's a lot of fresh stuff in there and you could sort of tell that, that there was bits of it during lockdown where I was just getting cross about stuff and <laughs> um, um, my publishers were excellent in allowing me to bring some pages back and get rid of some breweries that had had some serious allegations made against them some breweries are still in there they've had very serious allegations raised against them but I can't wind back time and I can't bring no. back my print run so um but also I thought it was important just to put little I mean again I would have liked to have addressed these things a little bit more but I wanted to talk just as just a paragraph in there about the fact that um the women women of color um the fact that African Africa's role in brewing is so wildly ignored the fact that an awful lot of brewing has been lost due to slavery lack of literacy lack of care lack of records um and it's because you know women have been put in a secondary position so uh, there's just so there are little tiny spikes of little tiny bits of politics in there as well but it's it's done with a light hand I like to think but I think it's important 
that if people actually realise that, then they can actually go out and do a bit of their own homework. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, I'm de- I've definitely got that on my Christmas list. Yeah. Uh, where can listeners find that? You can find it on the uh, website that's named after a big river in South America. <laughs> um, and um, I would strongly encourage you to also look for your, for it in your independent bookshops and some of the independent bookshop chains. Um, quite a few brewery taps are kind enough to be stocking it. I'm also doing a number of um, events across the country in the next couple of weeks. I'm going to be dashing up and down. So please, God, all of the all of the awful stories about there being snow on the way isn't going to happen. Ooh, um, yeah. So on December the 1st, I'm going to be in Bristol with Two Belly, um, which is fabulous because I've known Dom since he was running the White the white horse in Parsons Green. Um, I am then going to be in Manchester on Friday the 3rd of December with Manchester Union, which is going to be very cool. Um, we've got some phenomenal vegan um, or plant-based cheese um, alternatives, which are just stunning. I love them. I've been using them for a while now. I think they're phenomenal. Um, I've also got uh, events coming up with 10 Ton Tap House, uh, our RNG's Beer Vault in Mac, um, and uh, Macclesfield, sorry, and also I just uh, nailed down something with the wonderful Sean Ailing at uh, Tom's uh, Tap House and Brewery in Crewe as well. So if you, go to the events, if you go to the events page on my website, melissacolbeer.com, and I've actually updated my website. <laughs> I've also put a link tree on my social media, on my on my Instagram and my Twitter. I, I can't remember whether I remember to change my Facebook as well today, but I'm, I'm I'm finally getting with my own, with my own <laughs> stuff. I'm so bad at it. It's just, I, I'm so bad at my own self-promotion, despite the fact that I've just managed to ramble. This is the only way I can do it. I find it deeply <laughs> No, no, very interesting. So uh, thanks very much for letting us know about that. And um, I think, yeah, everybody go and find that book because it, I'm sure, contain a whole lot. I had a little quick look at the preview that was on that uh, river brazilian river website and uh, from the first few pages that were previewed um all about I, th- I found it very interesting that the part about you know if somebody likes a certain type of drink you know trying to convince people who don't like beer or say they don't like beer if they like a certain type of drink then maybe you should get them to try this type of beer so i thought that was very clever it's my number one way to get people to try stuff is to actually instead of talking at them is to stop and listen to them yeah Right. Okay. Brilliant. So uh, the uh, little alert has come up that the guys from Neptune are ready to come in. So let's welcome them to the podcast. Yo, can you hear us? Yeah. Can you hear us? We can hear you. Well, yeah, we could hear Melissa even before we put the microphone on. (laughs) (laughs) Just as well she knows us, isn't he? Yeah. Well, <sighs> welcome to Les and Julie. Thanks very much for joining us, guys. Hello. Thanks for having us. Ah, it's a pleasure. Melissa's got. She's already had one beer, and she's on the second. I think. So I'll I think I need. Minute, yeah. I think I need to open a beer. So what's, right. what, should, what should we start with, guys? What should we What should we go for um, first? I'd say the Colch. That Melissa right. one. <laughs> okay, the Melissa Colch. Excellent. Okay, well. While we open it then, it's as good a time as any to tell us the story about this beer then and how it came about, since I've got both parties of the collaboration on the call at the same time. 
Oh, no, don't, don't look at me. This is all Les's fault. <laughs> no, it's your fault. Because you yeah, were coming to... You were coming to brew a beer with us. And I, we'd never done a Kolsch before. And I had the epiphany of calling it Melissa Kolsch. I may add, one Sunday morning while he was in bed, and he just went, I've had a great idea. Guess what we're going to call this, Kolsch? And I said, what? He said, Melissa Kolsch. Isn't that great? So then he texts Melissa while she was on holiday in Spain. So what do you think about this? And the rest they say is history. And I literally nearly fell into the little plunge pool I was sitting on the side of at the time laughing. <laughs> I to, can, I, can I just say the first time you told me that story that you, you I have to say it, it's taken a distressing turn because when, when you first told me the story, you were quietly reading a book in the living room. I'm now thinking of you when I'm in bed, yes. <laughs> I'm not, I'm not, I'm I'm not, not so uncomfortable with this. With this. <laughs> oh, dear. oh dear. This reminds me very much. Yes, the best what? ideas, but in, you know, bad about here, don't you? Yeah. Well, okay. you, know, you know, you think of it on the loo. Uh, that's why some people sleep with a, a pad and pen by the side of their bed, so that they can they wake up and jot down those ideas. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So now uh, you know the story anyway, Paul, about that. Yeah, absolutely. Well, also, I want to know a little bit about the uh, brew day as well, then, for the first, because obviously, I'm sure Melissa doesn't come and brew it every time you, you brew it now, no. but, no. but you, were, you were present at the first brew day, were you, Melissa? I was indeed. I'd say this um, this batch is, is very much more Huel Melanie. Um, uh, I, yeah, we, we, do, we just had a lot of fun, really. We, we'd actually, because it's quite a it's in principle it's quite a simple style um it's les um does all the hard bit with the fermentation and maturation to be honest with you um but i've been sort of playing about with with some of the more modern german hops for a while and uh i really really like the so premium is so it's got sars premium and huel melon and Premium is like SARS on steroids, so it's effectively it's, it's, it's kind of SARS squared. Mm. And that Huel Melon really does what it says on the tin. And as as I just said, I don't know, I, I don't know whether everybody else is getting it, but I'm I'm getting this one as much, much, much more Huel yeah. Melon. Um, and it just gives that lovely, beautiful, genuine sort of cantaloupe honeydew melon yeah. flavor which is just a delight and it's just such a fresh pop at the end everything mm. else about it is just absolutely classic it's got that lovely bready character and um, i mean to be honest it was a bit of a breeze of a brew day really wasn't it yeah well <laughs> melissa it was melissa and i that actually brewed the beer on on the day um yep. we took lots of photographs didn't we? Some good ones and some of us. We did. <laughs> some which can be consigned to history. I was just, I just, I just wanted to take another sip of the beer because it was, it was, it was lovely. But I think what was really nice actually is that yes, that 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 Julie and I, um, just it was just such a pleasant mix of work a day and 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 just a joy to brew together. I mean, it wasn't the first time we'd brewed together, but it was the first time it was just the two of us. Because um, previously we'd done a collaboration for uh, Crown and Kettle, yeah, for beer, the Spear Week. Right. So, yes. Yeah, we've done a. Gretel. Yes. Gretel. Yeah. Gingerbread. Gingerbread. Yeah. Gingerbread. Yeah. Gingerbread yeah. Styles. That's right. Mm. Yeah. 
And then yeah. way before that was um, Salacia. Yes, yep, yep, where I had to nick Les's boots. Still one of my favourite pictures. <laughs> yes, yeah. She's sparkly, sparkly shoes off, on with Les's boots. Hey, there's much of us now when you come to Brew. I don't have to do any work, which is great. <laughs> we <Yeah>. do well. <laughs> Hang on a minute, Julie. We can't let him get used to this. <laughs> well, well, when it's... You next time, we'll make sure that he does something then. I just stand around looking pretty. Well, that's debatable, isn't yeah. it? <laughs> I don't know, when you find him something he's better qualified for, do you? <laughs> well, I mean, you've done a great job on this. Um, I This is actually the first time I've uh, been lucky enough to have it, so I don't know about past uh, brews, but uh, it's absolutely cracking. Really, really gorgeous beer. Um, I, what I want to do is maybe set another question for you that takes a long time to answer so that I can just sit back and enjoy the beer. <laughs> In fact, you've got me and two scouters. I mean, yeah. we could fill yeah. this without fruit. I just, yeah, exactly. I just, I just sit down back and drink the beer. You guys talk, and then we'll, yeah. <laughs> Uh, right, so um, so we've, got, we've obviously, as we said before, we've got Les and Julio Grady. Um, so if, guys, you can tell us uh, a little bit about your roles at the brewery, um, and then we'll go into how it all started for you as well. My role, I am the head of sales and events. So obviously looking after who gets our beer speaking to our current customers, speaking to new customers. Um, also sorting out events with people that we like to brew with or want to be at a festival or various other things. Uh, and that's by um, us requesting you know, attendance or people asking us if we can attend. So that is uh, my main role. I also do a lot of work um, around the scenes of administration and paperwork, um, chasing invoices, uh, sorting the tap room out as well. Uh, I do a lot of work around that. Uh, and social media. I do some of the social media as well. So I'm a bit Great. of a jack of all trades, to be yeah. honest. Sound very job, very busy. Job, yeah, my job description isn't just one size fits all. It's a bit of everything, isn't it? Mm, yeah, Oh yes, yeah. I do. I do like to keep my hand in and brew when I when I can do. Uh, hopefully, in the next week or two, I'll be getting the mash paddle in my hands. Um, so so yeah, that, that's my rule. That's me. Okay, Liz. Um, well, primarily I brew beer. Um, most days of the week, um, obviously coordinating the, the brew schedule and obviously coming up with recipes and things like that. Um, supervising the now the, the team we have as well for racking and you know things like that as well. Um, standing around while Melissa and Julie brew beer, which is great. Um, I generally go where Julie points me, so if there's something to be done, she'll, uh, or we've got to be somewhere, she, she, she'll say, we're, we're at this place or, or that. But mainly just brewing and, and obviously in the background running the business. So, you know, I'm yeah, yeah. one of the directors of the business as well. So mm. obviously we've got the, the boring bits that go along with it as well, which nobody yeah. wants to do. Yeah, stock and manager, ordering of stuff and that yeah. as well. And of course you forgot coming up with ideas in bed, obviously. Of course, yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that, goes, <laughs> that goes without saying. Yeah. Yeah, Melissa's not never going to forget that now. <laughs> no. 
going to be feeling you lots of counselling there. <laughs> Uh, so, yeah, how did it get started then? Um, I've, I've seen that, uh, and obviously this, I, I guess, ties in with the uh, the name and the theme uh, of a lot of your beers, but that you went from having uh, an, a successful aquatics business into a brewery. So talk, talk to us about that a bit. Um, midlife crisis on my behalf. Um, we reached the stage in the aquatics business where... I knew I wasn't going to do it for the rest of my life. It was something I needed a change of of career, change, you know, something new to focus on. The expanding beer scene, if you like, in the UK was something that we were both interested in at the time. Obviously, we you know we were out discovering beers and breweries, and you know we became friendly with a lot of people in the in the Liverpool area. Um, and then in 2014, after a couple of beers, I said to me, mate Jeff, who's the other director in the business, why don't we start a brewery? And he was like, yeah, that's a great idea. Obviously, we've been drinking beer at the time. So. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, for a year or so, we just homebrewed and um, got to learn the ropes and obviously play with profiles and styles and things like that. Gave it all away to people um, to see what the you know the feedback would be like and you know, to people we knew our bars or the brewers and things like that. And they were obviously complimentary about the beer. So in 2015, we took the plunge. Um, and yeah, the rest is history. We've just grown organically since then. Mm. Yeah. I remember dad Les saying about Jeff. Jeff is Les's oldest best mate. Um, he is our business partner and he does the things that we don't like to do the VAT and the duty. But <laughs> He has nothing to do with the running of the business or anything like that. He's, he's not on the brewing side. He's on, more on no. the, you know, he's on the spreadsheet yeah. side. If we like, he's got his own. I'm not sure I've met him. No, I don't think yeah. He's he's even quieter than Les. He likes to be out of the limelight and as such, he directs everyone towards anyway. He he likes beer, but he's not a fanatic like like we are. Yeah. And he's got another what business. I'd terrify him. Um, <laughs> so yeah he's already got another business so he deals with that and deals with the stuff yeah. that we don't like or we can't do uh, <laughs> okay as i said at the beginning there uh the the name obviously neptune so that comes from having run an aquatics business and then a lot of your beers virtually other than the likes obviously of melissa kolsch and maybe a few others the vast majority are all kind of themed towards mythical sea creatures or, yeah. uh, or or real life uh sea creatures things like that so um was that because yeah. you wanted to keep that kind of aquatics theme yeah, going I mean, when we were thinking of the name for the brewery we were coming up with all the usual crazy names that you do and the more you think about it the more ridiculous to become and you're like we cannot call you know ourselves purple spotted monkey brewery or whatever <laughs> so we went why don't we just call it neptune and we all sort of sat back and went actually it works so why not so then that sort of just became a tie-in we thought well we'll keep the the name obviously the name was there that we had the history with that and it just sort of made sense to tie the beers into you know keeping that nod to the past um and yeah i mean obviously we've gone from you know we do fish we do rivers we do seas we do you know obviously uh gods and goddesses and um, and that, you know, obviously there's, there's quite a, an exhaustive list there. So it's, it's like, I, yeah. Absolutely, there is. I, I took a little look um, at, well, 
a list of some creatures and sea themed things and a list of your beers. And I think I've come up with some that you haven't used. I stand, I'm, I'm happy to be corrected if that's the Probably case. Probably quite a lot that yeah. we haven't used because well, there's so many. You see this, I'm, I'm going to have a, well, hopefully anyway, a little bit of fun. We'll see how it goes. Um, now, this is something I did with Brew York um, and suggested a few names to them and they've used zero of them. So obviously that just goes <laughs> to show how good I am. <laughs> So, um, so okay. we? we're, we're off to a good start. So, okay, I'm going to go. But with, with Brew York, they, it was more pun, punny names. Obviously. Yeah, they love, they like, love a pun, don't they, Brew They York. love a pun. They so, they're very good at it. Yeah, mm. exactly. Much, much better than me, quite clearly, because they haven't used any. Uh, but with yours, with, with these ones, I've gone for more of a kind of, you know, maybe mainly one name, uh, one name things. But I've also come up with uh, what the beer might be. Okay, okay. so, so here's, here's my pitch. Right, starting off, Kraken. Okay, so Kraken. I had a look at what a Kraken is. Other than apparently it's not the thing that's in Clash of the Titans or it doesn't look like that. Apparently it's an octopus-like creature and the word Kraken comes from Norwegian. So mm -hmm. I thought an octopus, eight legs, or eight tentacles rather. So maybe an 8% dipper. And because it's Norwegian word, using quite yeast. Right. Well, I think <laughs> that there's already someone who's got cracking. Um, so we right. have to be very careful. We always check on the names that we come up with first, because the last thing, irrespective of whether somebody's trademark name, which we wouldn't use, obviously, but even if they haven't, I think it's just general courtesy to check who's yeah. got the names to make sure doesn't yeah. always work that way for us, but that's I think another we, conversation. We, we, did, but... we did come up with that name ourselves, and then yes. when we did check it out, it was like a... I think there's by two periods, It was a no-no. So... And there's also a yeah. crack and rum as well, I think, which is... Yeah, uh... there is, there is. You could always do, hang on it, though, Paul, you could always do release the crack hen and yeah. like a, a Cadbury's cream egg style in pastry. <laughs> but it, also, it also sounds like a good yeah. bride-to-be. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. Um, you, you are you are <laughs> casting aspersions on people that I wouldn't like to. <laughs> <laughs> so, well, it's, it's that was a nice nice thought, but okay. Let's let's get on to the next one then. Uh, oh. So, Leviathan. Yeah, now, I don't know if anybody's used that, but Leviathan. It's a Leviathan from... Brewery. Yes. Oh, okay. Well, I, but, but I mean, as as you say as well, you've used it as well, have you? No, oh. we haven't. We've got okay. their name, so. Well, no, but as, as Melissa was saying, you could sort of then do Leviathan's yes. Uh, yes. something or whatever, yeah. But um, Leviathan, for me, it conjures up a, a, a massive beast. So maybe that's a big 12% impy stout. Okay. And the last one, I, I won't, I'll drop the other 15 off. No, I'm joking. Uh, the last <laughs> one, <laughs> uh, Luska, L-U-S-C-A. Okay. Which is, apparently it's a Caribbean sea monster. Yes. So I thought, how about your version of a tropical stout like Siren's uh, Caribbean chocolate cake? Okay. L Luska. Luska. I Luska. Like a, I'm lusting after that. When we Actually, I don't know. <laughs> Luska's not a bad Especially one. Especially if you're up this end. Well, there you go. Um, well, okay. So <laughs> we, can, we, can, we, have, we have a list of uh, potential beer names, so we can add that one to it. Yeah. Absolutely. There, you go. there you go. That one's landed. Well, one's there you go. Landed. Yeah. So take... can I can I can I put my hand up for that being being Asian a Caribbean rum barrel? 
Ooh, yeah. Very good, very good. Is that one of them? Given that this is a podcast, Les just shook his head really terrified there. (laughs) (laughs) So what I just want to say is that you like the idea of Lasker, so take that, Brew York. Anyway. uh, (laughs) 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 Right, okay. Let's let's get back. Let's get back to you guys and and your real beers. Um, So uh, let's talk about the location of the brewery and, and your tap room. Um, whereabouts exactly is it and what can we expect uh, if we're visiting the tap room? We are based in north of the city uh, in a little town called <coughs> Magull, uh, which is which is lovely. It's very nice. It's very leafy. It's 20 minutes outside of Liverpool city centre. Um, if you get the train to us, then it's say it's 20 minutes on the train. And then if you want to walk to us, it's probably about 20, 25 minutes walk five minutes in a cab but there's a little bus that drops you off at the top of the road as well um so that's where we are north side of liverpool uh the tap room is open on a saturday only at the moment we did used to be open on a friday but because we're we're so busy that we've just not been able to open friday evenings because unfortunately or fortunately the tap room is actually connected to the brewery so as you walk into the tap room, you'll see the bar and then you walk straight through to the brewery. And the way the layout of the building is, it's, it's quite an old building. The toilets are at the one end of where the brewery is situated. Hence, if we're brewing, we can't have people in the tap room because obviously health and safety, they wouldn't be able to go obviously and visit the, the toilet either. So yeah. at the present moment, we are only open Saturdays one till, till nine. Um, we have two cask beers pouring generally, and we have six keg beers, and we usually have anything from roughly eight to twelve cans of ours in the fridge. So, and we we do sell um, some non-alcoholic beer as well, don't we? And obviously gin, vodka, and wine because we do appreciate that not everybody does want to drink beer. And yeah. it's just been pretty up as well. I was really impressed when I popped in. Yeah. Um, recently, yeah. we um, we uh, we kidnapped um, my my other half is from Liverpool, and uh, we he's a mad Evertonian, and unfortunately his uh, his dad's not been swell recently, so he, he couldn't make it to the game, and uh, so um, they're season ticket holders. So Les hadn't been to a game in how long, Les? About fifteen years, I think, or something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So we took, so we uh, we popped in and and as Les was uh, as we realised that Stan wasn't going to be able to make it, we sort of said to Les, do you want to do you want to come? Um, so because I was going to the game as well because um, Ben, my husband's brother, was uh, was away as well, so I was getting getting one of the tickets and Les came with us and and uh, we had a we had a, a an appalling first half and an absolutely astonishing second half. It was great. What was the match then? Oh God, who were they playing? It was Everton and Burnley. Yeah, that was it. Right, okay. So, yeah. I, I, I take it Everton won 3-1. Uh, quite handily, 3-1, yeah. Yeah. Excellent. Oh, that's good. Brilliant. And, they've, and since then, they've not won a thing, so it's probably... <laughs> well, there you go. Yeah. That's why they should well, be there like me. I'll tell you what, Les, I'll make sure that uh, if, they, if they've ever got a spare ticket again, you're the lucky talisman. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely. Uh, <laughs> maybe not three o'clock on a Saturday afternoon, though. <laughs> I think Julie might kill us. 
Yeah. Um, right. Okay. So uh, can we could talk a little bit about what your brewing ethos is? What's um, what's important to you uh, when you're putting together those recipes, Les? First of all, drinkability. Um, we don't do anything too wacky. Um, we want people to drink more than one of them. We don't want someone to go, that's great, what's next? Which is what the trend with a lot of breweries is. It's, you know, you, People go, oh, that's the best beer I've ever had. And when you say, do you want another one? They go, no, I'll have something else, which obviously is not the best beer you've ever had. Uh, so we like to make beer that people can drink more than one of. Um, so, and as a rule, most of them will work on cask. We're still, um, majority of our beer still goes out in cask. Um, so mm-hmm. I think we've even put the calcium cask at some stage. I think we, we did. did we have a, we have a couple of we did a couple of the calcium cask. So um, it, yeah. so yeah, it's it's basically that. And and the other thing we like to obviously, um, what I like to do is, is is consistency as well. So if you have the beer and then you have it six months later, it'll taste pretty much the same as what it did when you know you had it the first time so obviously we've got five core beers now which are pretty much nailed down we obviously i think you're never going to make a perfect beer straight off you know it's it's there's no way you can do that so i think you've got to come up with the recipe you know, obviously brew it drink it and decide whether you want to, to alter it you know tweak it shall we say um and yeah i mean it's but we, we now know if you drink our Azilion Mosaic, it's going to taste the same every time you drink it. Mm-hmm. And that's important to us. Um, oh, the only one, let me just jump in there. There is one beer that we haven't tweaked. Again, it's like a learning curve. If you're a baker, you'll add different ingredients and, or you'll change the, the, mm. the, the volume. Is Galeen. Yeah, that one we, we sort of... We've never, ever right changed Galeen because we found that to be perfect and we liked the way it was and it was very popular that so we didn't feel that we needed to tweak it even for us let alone any any drinkers mm. um but yeah as i said sometimes the ratio yeah. to the malt or the hops whatever we may jig a little bit to what we uh feel is is better drinkers may you know, with the first batch that goes out, brings me, yeah, that's great, that's great. And we'll go, yeah, we, are, we do like it, we are happy with it, but we do believe it mm. can be that little bit better. Um, but many consumers yeah. may not notice that, but for us, that's what's important, mm. that the beer is how we actually want it to be. And as yeah. I said, consistency. And the other thing, thing as well, um, we like them to be true style. So right. if, we make it, if we make it bitter, it's bitter. It's not, you know, a hopped pale ale, it's a bitter... You know, if we make an oatmeal stout at best, it's a it's a stout with oats in it. There's no messing with it. It's a, it's an oatmeal stout. Um, the culture's a culture. It's done properly. It's done the way it should be. Yeah. Um, we don't add lactose. All the beers are vegan, but we don't add lactose. I've, I've had like Baltic porters with lactose in, and you're just like, what's the point? Mm. You've just made a, a pastry stout and called it a Baltic porter. So it's. Yeah. So try and be as true to the style as possible as well. Um, well, that's, yeah, that that's us. That's not to say, you know, other... No, that, that's that our is, ethos. Is, that's you know, our ethos, true, yeah. True, Whatever true everyone else wants to do, that's up to them. Personally, I think that's a reflection of the two of you as well, is that you're very, you're very down the line as human beings. The way that you do business is very down the line. The way that you, the way that you've approached what you do is very straight down the line. 
and what you want to do is you want to create beers that are benchmarks for people in terms of what you believe a beer should well not not what you believe a beer should be how you feel that that things should be mm-hmm. down the line and i really respect that because i don't i mean don't get me wrong i've created some batshit crazy beers in my time but <laughs> the point is is that 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 they i never claimed that they were vaguely associated with the base style Mm. and everything else is just is, is seasoning it's like cooking mm. yeah. um but i think that 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 what you guys do there is very much a reflection of the pair of you is that it's very straight and honest to what these things are mm. yeah i, I yeah. would agree with that we you know for us it's important as les said initially it's it's drinkability we we're not into uh, we don't follow the the trends. We're not into styles, as in this is the latest thing. We're going to follow that. We will brew what sells well for for us and what we think you know will sell well for the pubs. Initially, that's what's important. You know, their customers drink obviously yeah. a lot of the beer. Then we know that we're on to you know to a winner with that beer, and they'll 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 buy more. Um, but yeah, as I say, that's not our, our yeah. style. And we, I mean, always try and use the best quality ingredients we can use as well. So, you know, we don't, we, we can save a tenner of sack on malt or whatever it may be, but we won't, you know, because we want to use the best quality products we can. Because um, that, again, that reflects in the flavour. You know, if you use cheap stuff, you get, you know, you, you won't get the same the same output yeah so you know we try and you know try and do everything right right and to be fair it's what we'd want to drink as well so yeah you know know, i don't we some some beers we brew we were like you know we were like yeah it's not for us but we'll still try and make it as good as possible but most of the beers we brew we'd actually just drink them ourselves as well so Mm. and if we brewed everything if we brewed for us permanently, Les and I'd be on Imperial Stouts and we'd be rat arsed. <laughs> 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 Why not? Um, right, well, before we get on to the next beer, um, I just want to come to Melissa and ask her what she feels that would best pair food wise with the Melissa Kosh. sorry. <laughs> Um, uh, just uh, firstly, can I just say that that um, I'm delighted to say that that I, it was a conversation I was I'd already had, I was already having in my head with the guy. It's not going to be called Melissa Kulsh going forward. Um, it's just going to be called Kulsh. I mean, obviously, still a bit of a vanity project in the name, but um, and mostly I'm just going to be very pleased that, that the Melissa's coming off it because my husband gives me shit no end on that. <laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to be a pair this beer. No, sorry, food pair this beer. No, okay. No, 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 I really don't. I, I think it stands as a drinking beer by itself, in the same way that 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 Kolsch and Cologne, you, you, you have your little little glasses of it, you drink it, you chat, you drink it, you chat, you drink it, you chat. It's not, it's not for me something that that I feel like you really need to push the idea of a, of a food pairing i mean uh, if you're really seriously twisting my arm pack it's all peanuts <laughs> i was gonna say chips. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, yeah, chips and i struggle with that level of sophistication with this i'm afraid Liz. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to get on to the next beer and that is uh, sail away 
uh, a 5% New England pale. Mine was a little bit frisky, as in Vince, so be a bit careful. Okay. Uh, mine's behaving itself. So, sail away. So, remember what we said before about, obviously, we don't do trends and whatever. Well, we're obviously about two years behind with the NEPA. So, this New England pale. We just decided to... Um, do, do well, we just decided to, to brew one, didn't well, we? Well, seeing as all the hype breweries are now doing bitters, we thought we'd flip it round and we'll do a hazy. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. yeah. Yeah, that's okay. it. I've, I've had some of the hype breweries bitters, they're awful. Yeah, just clearing my throat. Um, that's that's our thing, isn't it? Bread and butters, our pails and bases and whatever. And we thought, you know, let's do something a little mm-hmm. bit hazy, bit juicy, you know, very limited bitterness on. And it, it's lovely. It's yeah. a really, really nice beer. Um, it's gone down very well with people who've, who've drank it. Um, yeah, 5%. Little, little juice bomb. <laughs> Excellent. Well, I'm just, I'm pouring it now. Um, Actually, it wasn't it wasn't coming frothing out of the can, but uh, the head is still quite quite yeah. big. So yeah. I'm just going to let that die down a little bit. Um, so before I delve into it, tell me what I can expect from it. You can expect um, tropical notes of mango going on there, a um, little bit of tangerine and grapefruit, hints of citrus, but you can also get the coconut as well from the sabra that is in there um so yeah it's got you know quite a few things going on but it's very soft it's very juicy it's very pillowy there's no lingering as if there shouldn't be bitterness on there it is very easy drinking um it's it's a lovely pale it's a lovely new england pale it, it for me i think it hits the spot and people I think it's a perfect introductory beer as well for someone maybe who doesn't drink a lot of beer or is fairly new to beer that doesn't want something that is going to be a bit too harsh mm-hmm. on the palate with any bitterness. It is quite soft, pillowy, as I say, easy drinking. So, yeah, what are you thinking? What are you yeah. enjoying it? Um, yeah, absolutely. And I love Sabro. Um, I know it's one of those Marmite hops that a lot of people are, you know, it's, it's, it divides opinion but uh, I do love it and I'm definitely getting the uh, the coconut as you say that's coming through from that lovely yeah and it's a hop that's um, it's divisive isn't I think it? people like saying oh it's like sriracha ace and all that but I don't yeah. think it is I think there's a, there's a lot more to it than there is with sriracha ace um, yes absolutely you get a lot, more, a lot more fruit from it I think as well as mm. well as that coconut so you do get the tropical fruit from it mm. Mm. It's less dill pickle. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, absolutely. That's the one thing. See, I, I <coughs> don't like sriracha. And when we did yeah. Fugo, which was a single hot sriracha pale, a lot of people loved it. Some hated it, but most yeah. people loved it. Well, for me, all I got was mushrooms and dill pickles. It was, yeah, yeah. I didn't really get any coconut for me. It was yeah. just horrible. Sometimes so when they brought this out, out. Yeah, yeah. out lemon pledge from it. Yeah, like, you know that lemon furniture polish. It's just it can be it can be <laughs> right and it can be great in the right beer, but but yes. 
yeah. when it's used aggressively. Yeah. We, we use uh, Sriracha on the bounty. On the bounty because it's got the coconut, but obviously we have all the bits with on the yeah. bounty as well, but, yeah. and it works really yeah. well. I think for me, Sabro, I'm fine with the blending hop. I think it offers so much. It can offer this amazing foundation. Yeah. yeah. Um, whereas it's so dominant as a single hop that it is. It, the problem is you can't taste any base beer underneath it, mm. which I find, you know, I drink beer because I like beer. I'd like to taste beer underneath it. Um, and um, I, I, I like this. I, I will slightly disagree with you on in terms of where New England shouldn't have any bitterness. The originals always have had, they've had a balancing bitterness. And yeah. I think I'm just missing a little bit of that in here. It, it's a little tiny bit one-dimensional for me on the palate, but the juice tasters and juice lovers, yeah. they're, gonna, they're gonna love this. They're gonna absolutely love this. And I think it's one of those beers that you could actually very slightly introduce a little bit more um, acidity into as well. Yeah. Just slightly, I think you, you, you've done the perfect thing of inverting the calcium and the sulfite. I just think you could push it back tiny bit the other way, but that is it. I mean, it's a delicious beer. I'm gonna drink it, but just, it just, it, it's one of those ones when you're saying, you know, about about having a second one. But then again, that's me. I do err uh, more towards wanting a bit of balance business. So. Yeah. Well, we're exactly the same. Yeah. yeah. For us, I'm not sure whether we would do it again. To be honest, this may it may just be. Yeah, we've we've done this New England. It's not normally what we would do because, as you know, most of our beers do have that. But even if it's a pale, have that bit of business. They're all well balanced. This is something new for for us. Um, it has gone down well, yeah. but. As I say, it's not something that we would, you know, we may do a second batch, but it's not something we would do on a regular basis. Yeah. It's not that they're not. The oh, I, I really, I think you should. I think you should tweet, continue to tweet this. Mm -hmm. I, I, I mean, this is not, it, it, there's a, you know, again, I mean, you know me well enough to know that this is positive feedback, not criticism. Um, no, we appreciate everybody's feedback. Um, you know, do good sailing along, think you're doing everything fabulous. People have got their own opinions, isn't they? Yeah. yeah, I really think that 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 for me, I don't know how you feel about this, Paul, but I think they just could be trying a bit more acidity, tiny, a little bit more balance. But mm. that's what I mean. The thing is that that you know we're making beers. You know, and you as a brewery are making beers for more than just one palate and more than yeah. just our palate. And I yeah. reckon you could balance that within within the next batch or at least the next batch beyond that and keep it, keep it. Jeez, God, it's a commercial gold mine at the moment mm. keep doing it keep New doing England, it keep yeah. tweaking it yeah and it's not going to go anywhere and i don't care what you know i don't care about all the people who are bitching and moaning and saying oh you know it's a, i see so much of this and actually i've um i've got some judging coming up where i've actually put new england pale ales and juices and hazies at the top of my list because i think it's so easy to become so snobby in this industry and it's so easy to become so dismissive yeah. and there is a load of there's a load of garbage out there but then again every time a new style hits there is a load of garbage brewed around it if it needs real genuine technical knowledge mm. Mm. and it's the same way that I feel about about cans that are stuffed with fruit 
and puree and stuff like that and then people will just go oh well you know you've got to keep it below two degrees otherwise it's going to blow up in your hand no mm. yeah. no 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 get fucked with that shit it's mm. just bull- it's just nonsense and i think that, that this particular style does deserve to be respected yeah for yeah, it's got a place what it's I been think, with all the for, for us it's out of our not comfort zone if you if that makes sense but it's something mm-hmm. we don't normally yeah. do. and there's breweries who've built their whole business around these styles of beers and inevitably you're going to be compared against those breweries on the style that you do and that's not just that's not the reason why we've never done one it's just not not been our thing and yeah i agree i think it's good to have it in the repertoires to say we can do it and we can do one and you know give it justice i agree that it could probably do with a little bit more bitterness on there yeah just a touch more uh but that's from for, for my palate again because i'm the same i i, I like bitterness in beer mm. but with this one we were like we wanted to make it as soft as possible and you know without that you know so those people who crave this style of beer would go actually you've done it the way we like it rather than you know maybe the way it should be that makes i know that contradicts what we said earlier about being true to style but yeah um it's but uh i say it's the first one we've done let's go back to what we properly, said originally if you like it's the first tweaking things, yeah it's the first it? one we've actually done in this style yeah and yeah we're well we're more than two years behind the trend so you know but yeah, you, but you do. But you, I mean, that, again, that's the thing that I admire about you guys. You do things at your own pace. Mm. We had a com- we actually had a conversation about this. I think about ooh, nine months ago, I think. And you said we're thinking about doing one, but we're not going to be happy to do one until we've done all the research. Mm-hmm. And until I, and also until you can fit it into your into your schedule, and you're not going to let any of your clients down and all that stuff so you did it at your own pace it's yeah. not that you're behind you're you're exactly where you should be with it yeah i think it was the, the thing that sort of pushed it was when we did the the collabageddon brew with leon c and it was down in the tap room and sam was like oh we've done this new england pale and i was just like oh, i don't like new england pairs he's like yeah have some and he just like thrust this glass into my hand and it was quite pleasant <laughs> He'd actually put it into cask, and it was pleasantly done. It was a nice beer, um, and I think I, had, I think I had another one of it. Was like that's really nice, but it's like it's not my style, and I think it's something that we, as a as a couple, as a, a brewery, it's it's a style of beer we choose not to drink as a rule, mm. and I think that's the thing. But it was sort of given to me. It was like. Yeah, have a go with that. I put it into cask and it's like, I was just like, yeah, that's really nice. And that sort of maybe triggered something in my brain to go, it's about time we did one. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, Melissa, is this something that uh, you would pair? Uh, yes, this, definitely. Um, I think actually it'd be delicious with feta cheese. Ooh. Yeah. Mm. Um, so, I, I do, yeah, I do, I do find that actually that creaminess as you're saying goes sort of having a comparison with the pillowiness but also wanting some of that salt mm. sort of add and a bit of that acidity 
to balance out the beer so that they sort of have this push me pull you effect on on them yeah so and even even if you actually did um a really old-fashioned thing which i still love to this day which is to take a block of feta and cut about two and a half centimeter strip along the base of it wrap it up in something like speck or parma ham and then dry pan fry it and then just finish it with a bit of really good quality balsamic or sherry vinegar and then when you put it with this it's it sort of all of the things I, I did something like this the other day with a with a new england ipa and i just thought it, was, it, it literally it was just like the the explosion mm. of mouth-watering little bits and pieces that happen is just it's like your whole palate just goes nuts it's great wow Bash of that. Yeah. Because we sounds, like warm ham, we like fetid. Yeah. Well. yeah. Um, yeah. yeah. Sounds sounds great. Sounds great. It, it's, it's proper it's proper early nineties kind of <laughs> thing, like, like dinner party. But you know, there's certain things that work. It was a bit like uh, I did exactly. Uh, and you've got possible. the pineapple from the sabro in there as well. Yeah. Happy day. Timeless, absolutely timeless. Doesn't matter when it when it was. <laughs> when, when are we doing our cheese hedgehog? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You mentioned on the bounty a little while ago. When can we expect a new brew of that? Because I love that beer. Probably towards the end of January. Yeah. I think it's on the schedule again. Uh, so it's it's one of those beers that people demand of us now. But it was originally a one-off beer for a beer festival in Liverpool about ooh, four years ago. And we were like, we, it was a summer beer festival. And we were like. We want to put a stout in, so we thought we would make something that's a little bit tropical, tropical. And so we did it, and everyone went nuts for it. And then it was like, oh, we better brew it again. And then it was like, well, we better brew it again and again and again. So it's now, it's we're probably going to do it probably three times a year, three, four times a year. Um, So it's it's become a a seasonal beer, shall we say? But not not with the season it was meant to be in. It was someone to be once a season. Yeah. Yeah. Well, for me, for me, all all year round is stout season anyway. So I don't subscribe. Oh, yeah. to, yeah, I, I don't subscribe to that stouts in the in the in the winter winter nights. Any time. That's the same. It's a mild, isn't it? I absolutely love mild, and you know you don't tend to see that often enough. But when it's May, you know, mild May mm. versus commas that it sort of comes out. It's. I'm so excited. There's been about three or four released recently. I'm just like, oh. Can't yeah. Get out there. We, yeah. we did actually age somebody on the bounty in a rum barrel. Ooh. Uh, it's all gone. Yeah, that came <laughs> out in September. Yeah. Um, I, oh, it, I, tried, it, I tried it uncarbonated from the barrel and it was beautiful. Yeah. Yes. So that went down, that, that went down quite well. So I think we might uh, we might barrel age some of it again in the future. Yeah. Yeah. That sounds like a great idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, right. Well, um, you know, next I was going to come on to collaborations, but you did mention a moment ago about um, being down at Leon C because I know you've recently uh, been involved in Collabageddon, yeah, um, where you've uh, had sort of a home and away uh, brew. So mm-hmm. your away brew was, as you said, down at Leon C, where you did a samphire and lamb goza, yeah. the lime, lime. Sorry, samphire and lime goza, mm-hmm. not a lamb. God, a lamb, lamb goza. That may be the next one. Hey, well, you know what? That's a bug of the vegan thing, isn't it? You, you, you heard it here first. Samphire and lamb goes. 
Nice, <laughs> nice roast. Um, sorry, a Samphire and Lime Gosa. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then uh, you hosted Unbarred yeah. uh, for yeah. a Scotch Ale. So, um, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll talk about those as well, but also generally um, collaborations. How, I know that, you know, it's, it's brilliant that it's something that is just so common um, in the craft beer world. Now, it's not, a, it's not a, an exception. It's the rule. Um, mm. How do you find, yeah, what do you get from collaborations and, and specifically these recent ones? We, we love collab, collabing with people in, in general um, because, yeah, you, you learn so much. But we like to collab <sighs> for people because we want to, not for the sake of it. Uh, collabing for collab sake, if you like, yeah. um, you know, collabing with the the beers and forming a, a partnership with people that we respect the beers that they do, we enjoy and we respect them as well. Yeah. Um, that comes first and and foremost. It's not just about oh who should we collab with whenever mm. we do something with someone. It's never about that for for us whether they're the one the top highest breweries yeah. you know you know or the fairly new and unknown um but you learn a lot it's nice to actually um chat not just about business but just in life with people who come to to brew with us and sometimes it's not just the the brewer that comes sometimes it could be someone from the sales someone from marketing or even if they've got a tap room who works there you know, and they get a different experience and they get to learn something new and, and we get to, to yeah. meet the people that work, you know, with that brewery as well. So, you know, for, for us, that's, that's very important. But I mean, from, from my point of view, um, again, we, we like to do collaborations with breweries we, we respect um, and who we know make good beer, which obviously is, is the first and foremost thing you want. You want the collaboration beer to be to be good, um, but from a from my point of view, when we do them, yeah, it's it's good to meet other people in the industry. You get to talk about you know how processes work and things like that. If we're at another brewery, you get to poke about their place and see what they've got and how their how their kit works. And you know, you'll always come away from something with either some beer knowledge some kit knowledge or even what to use that little stick for. And it's like, <laughs> why haven't I got one of them little sticks? There's always <laughs> something and it can be the most stupid thing yeah. um, as well. But it's about, and it's about making these say relationships. And then when you see them again in the future, you, you, you sort of understand their ethos and they understand what you do. And, and you can, you make a bond, I think, with, with most of the people you collaboration, you collaborate with, you, you make a bond um which is nice and it you know it, it does go on and more often than not obviously if we go somewhere then we'll invite them back and vice versa it's not just a one-way thing yeah yeah. Um, yeah i mean even the the club again ones to some degree you're thrown together because it's it's the nature of the event you, you sort of paired with whoever paired with whoever but i mean as i say the leon c guys we've never really seen their beard in liverpool no, we knew um, maths. We knew maths, we yeah. Maths. And it was like, we're going to collab with you. So they sent us some cans up. We sent some cans down to them. And it was just like, yeah, this is what we do. This is what, you know, and, and we sort of got to understand the beers a little bit better. And then, yeah. And we make some really nice beers. Yeah, and then we went down and, you know, I, you know, I was there for, I think I went, I went on the weekend. So 
I had a couple of days in league and you know went out with the guys and had a, you know a few beers and something to eat. And just it's just a nice experience. Mm. And our industry is quite good for that. You know, it's like it's no there's no real secrets as such. It's like, why do you do that? Oh, we do it because of this. Yeah. It's not like I'm not telling you because it's my secret. You know, and that's the good thing. It's yeah. inc- it's incredible, isn't it? I love that so much. And you know, it's essentially, and I know that you know it's not felt like this in within the craft beer industry, but essentially you are all competitors. And which yeah, other industry yeah, sure. would, would you ever get competitors working together on little projects? Even in mm. beer, you wouldn't get Carling ringing up, uh, you know, Heineken. Hey, should we do a beer together? You would not get that. So it's brilliant that, um, that, that it happens in the craft yeah. beer world. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's not necessarily, I mean, obviously, Melissa's not a, a, a brewer. She doesn't own a brewery, but we get to collaborate with people as well. Beer writers. Who are also and, yeah. associated with the industry. And, you know, um, it's also good to get that input into, into the brew day. I mean, Melissa's being knowledge is, is, is exceptional. And, you know, she brings ideas to the table which you wouldn't necessarily think about. Yeah, and brings people you together. Know, and, and, and again, she's got, you know, that um, aspect, shall we say, that, you know, brings from a drinker's point of view to some degree as well, which is, you know, it's, it's helpful. Yeah, I yeah. definitely qualify for that bit. <laughs> <laughs> and I'll stop buttering you up now. That's, uh, that's yeah, no, I'm yeah. getting worried about you. <laughs> to be honest, I'm, 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 yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm uncomfortable with this. Now. <laughs> <laughs> um, um, no, it's nice. We've got some collabs that we're, we've got one we're doing towards the end of the year. Yeah, we've got one it? more this year. And then there's a couple that were. Um, doing next year and we're seven next year i don't know where that time's gone in april we're, we're going to be seven so we're we're going to be organizing a couple of collabs um one will be a return leg and then hopefully the people that we want to collab with as well to help us celebrate yeah. our birthday I'm, I'm hoping when i've asked them that yeah. they're going to say yeah if they say no well one of the weirdest ones came about through social media mix-ups. We, we did a collab with Neptune's Brewery from Montana. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and we just got getting tagged in theirs, and they were getting tagged in ours. And there was sorts of just like, we were saying, oh, I think you mean, you know, these guys. And then yeah. they just said, oh, we're coming to the UK. Do you, do you mind if we come and do a beer with you? And we were like, absolutely, right. come and do it. Yeah. You know, Brilliant. Um, it, that was... Marble had the same with uh, Marble in the States. Yeah, yeah, that's right, yeah. yeah. And that, it, it's, you know, and that's like, um, they said, oh, we, we we did a honey rye, which is their best-selling beer. And they said, oh, here's the, and they just went, here's our recipe. Do you want to brew this? We were like, yeah, go on, we'll just do that. And, you know, it was, I tweaked it because we don't use honey, but. We use honey malt. You know, and, that, and again, it's just like collaboration by accident as such through social media. That was, and it, you know, it's just like, and let's say three of them yeah. came over from the States. They had a little wander around London for a couple of days. And then came to, came to Liverpool and, you know, brewed the beer and seen the sights and off mm. they popped home again. Excellent. Wow, sounds, that sounds like a brilliant um, collaboration. So, fantastic. Um, let's uh, crack on to the next beer, which yeah. is your uh, ESB. Yeah, Selena's ESB. 5.6% ABV. So obviously we were talking about the styles and everything. So this is this is right up your street. This is exactly what you're 
what your this, uh, best This is an absolutely lovely beer. Um, obviously, it's more malt forward. You know, there has some bitterness in there. You can taste the, the hops, but it is definitely you know, more malt forward. Yeah. Um, just the, the nose, the, you know, the colour, I think, is, is beautiful. It's that rich sort of ruby red brown i think it's chestnut it's lovely um yeah yeah we we thought we'll we've now as i say it, we originally called it an esb and then quickly remembered oh shit asahi i've now just bought fullers and they've got the right to the esb so we thought whoops quick we better change the label, but Just after the well, I'd say we did change it after the last but well, technically trademarked. Yes, yeah. yeah. But I have to say the biggest compliment is of you, Les said John John Keeling came to, to visit us with Simone. Um, we gave him a couple of beers and we said, you know, we've just done this ASB. And he's like, Oh, right, yeah, well, well I'll I'll take some, you know. Uh, so we bought some on his little journey that he was he was doing. Um, we'd be like, oh god, shit! You know, <laughs> if anyone's going to be tasting your ASB, it's going to be John Keeling, isn't it? What's he going to think? And do you know just, what? Just, just and... Sorry, Julie, just for anybody who knows. Oh, sorry, who doesn't know? My apologies. Um, John Keeling is the former director of brewing for Fuller's. Fuller's, which has now been bought by Asahi, um, yep. is uh, it owns the ESB trademark. ESB was actually developed um and the, and the name came about because uh they already had london pride and they they knew they had a special bitter and they didn't need to say that they had a special bitter and then they went well we're gonna have to call it an extra special bitter and then it became a trademark and that's where it came from so if as you say if anybody knows and john was there at the foundation of this beer so uh, it's uh, if, if anybody knows how to brew an ESB, it is Mr. Keen. Absolutely. And yeah. um, do you know what? He, he gave it the same. He gave approval. it, he said it was lovely. He really enjoyed it. He said it has the John Keeling seal of approval. We were like, uh, oh, uh, thank no, God. <laughs> no higher praise than that, that's for sure. Absolutely. Not really. Excellent. In fairness, as Julie said, if you're going to give your beer to someone and it's a style of me, you know, you, you and John Keeling gets you the ESB. Then that's quite nerve wracking, shall we say? <laughs> yeah. Okay, fantastic. Well, I'm um, yeah, I've uh, I've had a few sips of it, and it's absolutely gorgeous. Really, really enjoying Thank it. You. So good. It works especially well cask as well because obviously, it's, yeah, it's one of those beers that you know is is designed for cask, you know, sort of um, dispense. But it works on. It obviously works carbonated, but cask is. Yeah. Absolutely it's, sublime. Yeah. With a sparkler. With a sparkler. With a sparkler. Always, always. I might be very southern, but I, 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 as you know. <laughs> uh, yeah, I know. I'm convinced as well. I'm convinced. I had this uh, discussion with Matt Curtis when I was talking to him about his book. And uh, we were talking Doesn't about... Matt Curtis walk around with a sparkler in his pocket? Uh, just probably. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> um, and, no, we were talking... We got we, that sparkler from me because <laughs> I gave him one early, early doors. When he was just like, really, really? I was like, fucking yeah, pal. <laughs> well, we were talking about doing a sort of side-by-side -side, uh, tasting of uh, like the same beer, sparkled and non-sparkled. 
And it was only a few weeks later, I was uh, on a family holiday in Yorkshire and we stopped off in um, the Peak District on the way up, stayed one night there. And the pub that we were staying at, I was talking to the guy, they had their own little microbrewery. I mean, I mean, tiny, tiny little thing, big as the room as I'm in at the moment. And uh, we, I was talking to the guy and we were talking about sparklers and I sort of just said, any chance of having, you know, a spark with a non-spark? Yeah, yeah, fine. He took off the, the sparkler and he poured, you know, two side by side. And I have to say, the difference was immense. Uh, absolutely. I'm, I'm definitely team sparkler for sure. I'm, I'm a firm believer that if the beer is brewed to be poured through a sparkler, pour it through a damn sparkler. Mm. Yeah. I mean, yep. that said, I think that, that uh, one of the funniest, one of the most conflicted things, and going back to John Keeling, one of the most conflicted I've ever seen, John Keeling, who, in fact, always brewed all of his beers to be poured without a sparkler, is when, so my father-in-law used to run a pub um, in Preston in Lanks, and he got up for one of his uh, beer festivals, uh, barrel of, of, of ESB and we poured it through a sparkler and I was laughing because at that point I knew John it was very very long towards the, the end of, of, of them running the pub and I said John pouring ESB through a sparkler you guys should do this and I, I, I just I didn't get anything back and I was like oh god it's, it's a He's a man. He's going to like the sparkler thing. It's going to be funny. And then suddenly I realised actually, oh, I can't say anything because you know potentially if he does, he thinks I might say something professionally. Anyway, next time we saw each other face to face, he went, I'm "Not saying I agree, but I'm not disagreeing." <laughs> <laughs> very diplomatic, John. Yeah. Yeah. But yeah, but that's a very rare diplomatic moment for yeah. me. <laughs> yeah. Uh, right okay um i want to quickly come on to um ladies that beer julie tell Um, me all about that well it started february 2015 um it was from obviously a love of beer visiting beer festivals going into pubs and i noticed that there was a distinct lack of women drinking beer compared to what there was men um, and I wanted to know, one, why was that? And two, what could I potentially do to help tip the balance, even in some small way? Um, so a group of my friends who are avid beer drinkers, I said to them I was thinking of starting you know, some form of social group, which has also turned into an education group. Um, of getting women out drinking beer, supporting women who like beer and educating them as well. And women who think that they don't like beer and getting them out to try because I don't believe when someone says I don't like beer, that that's truth. Because at the end of the day, there's so many different beers out there. It's the phenomenal, the different types of beer that there will be one. For, for everybody, yes, it may take you yeah. a long bit of time and you may get pissed along the way trying to try them all. Well, <laughs> <laughs> you know, there is a beer for everyone. So it started, yeah. it started from that, whereas on a monthly basis, we meet up. It's an open, you know, um, all-inclusive 
group that we welcome everybody um, no matter what you can come along and you know join us for you know chat join us to enjoy beers learn about beers and then as I say we do events as well off tastings bottle shares cheese and beer nights and things like that so you know that that's what it is but also supports we go Mondays and Thursdays because you tend to find Friday, Saturdays, bars and pubs have enough customers in. So on those quieter nights, it helps the bars if we go in. And in turn, that also helps the breweries. So that bit of a knock-on chain. So, yeah, you know, um, and since then, since the Stars Ladies have been, there's been a number of other women's groups that have kicked off around the country. And I think that's bloody fantastic. You know, at the end of the day, you know, I'm not precious saying, oh, I'll hang on a minute. It's, yeah, you know, do it. I've had women say, oh, I was thinking, do it, do it, because you'd be surprised how many women who love beer, but maybe the friends don't, and they're missing out on, on trying. Start it up and you will find that you will get, you know, and it may only be a handful of women to start with, or, you know, it may be a lot more. So that, that's the idea of, of Ladies of Fear and why I started it. It sounds like you, you're pretty much the, you know, the first organisation of that, of that nature, um, or one of the first organisations of there, nature around. Yeah, there was, there, no, there was also, who started off, I think, roughly about the same time that I was unaware of, was Crafty Beer Girls, who are based in London as well. Um, and we've, we've done events with them where we've been up to London and they've come to Manchester and it, you know it's something that I'm keen to to explore again obviously Covid has put so many things on hold for breweries and events yeah. and stuff but um, at the moment I've been so busy with the, the brewery that I've not been able to spend as much time on ladies that beer as a as I would normally do, but I'm hoping from next year that me and the girls will be able to, you know, plan things and put a lot more. Picked up some some nights out again, haven't you? Yeah, we've we've started. We're out in on the fifteenth of December as our Christmas night, um, and we put out on social media where we're going to be, and as I say, anyone can come along. But next year, I'm hoping to ramp it up to do a few other things as as well events where you know maybe there's women beer well, writers we, we, and stuff we also yeah. do hint hint <laughs> that wasn't subtle, maybe was it? maybe uh, if, if, there, if there's a woman beer writer that might be around yeah, somewhere you never know. well you know, the nice thing is that i'm not the only one anymore yeah, yeah. <laughs> not be looking at me <laughs> Well, do you I, 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 I do have to remember that every time. It's like, oh, holy shit, I'm not by myself anymore. This is amazing. <laughs> the original then. We also, we also <laughs> do have on, uh, we have the ladies, the beer, and associated in on International Women Collaboration Brew Day each year as well. Yeah. Um, yeah. Unfortunately, the last one was just Julie and Rebecca because it was, we were all living in the same house. Uh, but, Rebecca being your daughter. Yes. <laughs> Uh, yeah. But next year again, we'll get that going as well. You know, yeah. Sort it's... of, we 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 get a, a brewery full of women, and I stand there going, oh. Yeah. <laughs> but I get to have some butties. Everyone brings cake as well, which is brilliant. Oh, fantastic! <laughs> I think I'll bring pie, Liz. That's fine. Fine. Yeah. Fine. You know, but yeah. Quite quite looking forward to being able to touch wood to, to kick off with again, with yeah. that again next year. So. Yeah. 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 
Well, I, I always do first come, first serve. So there we go. It, that's 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 nailed on for next year then. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. What are we doing? No, I say Melissa. <laughs> well, actually, we might do. We might. Well, we'll talk about it off, but we may do some sort of event around that as well while you're up. Cool. Yes, because Landsmith's sitting on your head. Uh, so just just to, just make very clear about this. It's given this, <laughs> this whole this whole thing is getting really distressing. <laughs> uh, Julian, let's have two cats called Lance and Miles, um, and uh, in the middle of the night, I need to go to the loo. And I was staying with the guys and um, I didn't shut my door sufficiently. And uh, Lance is a little bit more, um, a little bit more uh, uh, adventurous than Miles, <laughs> a little less shy than Miles. And anyway, so, so the, the cats kind of came in and I was half asleep. And I was like, oh, whatever, it's fine. I've had cats, I've had dogs, I've got no problem with this. It's fine. But uh, Miles is a little bit more chatty. So Miles was, was, was trying to get my attention from the other side of the room. And I was like, would you shut up? Uh, and, then, and then Lance just came and sat on my head <laughs> in the way that cats do. And I'm like, oh, well, you know, it, I mean, just it, I've, got, I've got very big hair for those people who don't know me who are listening. And I was like, he's just going to snuggle down into my hair. And he did snuggle down into my hair. But the problem was that Miles was then then decided he couldn't see Lance in the dark, um, and anyway, so he got very shouty, and then he and then he, he sort of battered me in the face, and so basically, it's on. It's, it, there we go. There's Miles. This is Miles. Answers in Miles. So we've got an appearance so, so, from Miles. Is that sorry? Or? This is Miles. Miles. Yeah. So as far as I'm concerned, it, it's it's the fairy dickhead and his brother. <laughs> uh, excellent uh, right well on the podcast I do a little feature where when I've got a guest on I ask them to set a question for the next guest so in a moment I'm going to ask you to do that but before I do that you therefore have a question to answer from Adam at Verdon so uh, Adam at Verdon asks if you were to open the tap room of your dreams tomorrow, what would be its USP? Brilliant. On the beer, actually. <laughs> Is this to both of us and Melissa as well, or just us two? Do you know Absol what? Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. I, without <laughs> sounding really, really cheesy, I think we've already got it. Because our tap room is inclusive, it's community focused. The music's also very good. That's down to me. <laughs> uh, we, we get we get wonderful food traders in. Yes. And the people who come in now, our regulars, come and they come because they feel comfortable. Not necessarily, and they don't just come for the beer now, they come because it's a place they want to come to. Yeah, the so social side. I actually believe that we've already got it. And that sounds quite sort of, I'm blowing my own trumpet a bit, but I think, I no. do believe that. Yeah, I, I, I would agree as such. It'd be nice maybe to have a tad more space. Oh, we're not massive, yeah. that you know, we can sit comfortably 55 people and probably about 15 standing. 
you know so it's not little in that aspect it's you know it's classed more as a a bar people come in and go oh this is looks like a bar yeah. so, you know but we call it the yeah. tap room because it's connected to to the brewery yeah. um yeah, yeah uh, it, a mezzanine i think i was gonna have mezzanine yeah that's I fancy it, i know that it's not yeah. i can i can nearly touch the ceiling in your <laughs> Money's no object, and we're somewhere. I would like a mezzanine to be, mm. be nice, just to add a little bit of a, a dimension. Yeah, um, I, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna chime in for these two because um, I'm actually gonna speak for the other half who, who's who's because uh, <laughs> uh, Everton is building a new stadium and uh, down by the docks. And when they sent out a um, when they sent out a questionnaire, I think it was something like the top three or five responses was because one of the options was would you like a brewery in there, and one of the top three or five responses was yes we bloody love a brewery in there a la kind of Beaver Town at Tottenham, and obviously when it when it came down to it because my hubby's got kind of posh tickets in a loungy kind of thing. And it's like I'll have I'll have I'll have a word with the uh, powers that be. We reckon Neptune should be in there. My bid is for Neptune to be uh, at Everton's new stadium. Wow, we'll go for that. Definitely. Well, okay. we're certainly up for having that conversation. Okay. So, if we're talking <laughs> proper dream, dream uh, tap rooms, then it's uh, as part of the new part of the new stadium, eh? Yeah, excellent. Well, we'll look forward to that. Well, 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 one half of this household is a red, not a blue. This is going to be quite entertaining. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, just, I'm, I'm, just, I'm just poking the bear here. <laughs> <laughs> oh, right. Who's winning the more points at the moment? <laughs> uh, so, I, okay. I, we, we, we all just talk about Everton, but Julie, you kept it very quiet that you're a Liverpool fan. Then. Oh, no, you didn't hear us, actually, apart from the red side of the... Oh, I yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I didn't hear that. <laughs> yeah, we, we've got two daughters. We've got Rebecca, who's the blue contingency, and we've got Sarah, who is living in Australia at the moment, and, well, she was a BA supporter someone in Australia by now, but she's the red... So when the two of them used to live at home, it was always interesting times when the derby was on, shall we say. Coming up yeah. as well, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. So. Right. Okay, so uh, now it's your turn to set a question for my next guest. Oh, God. Okay. I, I from, from a personal point for me, is I'd love to do a collaboration with... A musical artist. Which musical artist would you like to collaborate on a beer with? Right. Ooh, okay. I, I, I will. I will ask the next guest that question. But I've got. To, I've got to send it straight back to you as well. But when you say musical, are you talking about just any Tom Dick Nally, or are you talking about <laughs> someone who's who's big? Well, who's big? Uh, obviously, about a, 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 band, a band or a singer or whatever. Right. So, how about you, Les? Well. Mm-hmm. Um, our, our fermenters are all named after Pearl Jam songs. Oh, wow. And Excellent. a couple of our beers are also named after Pearl Jam songs. So I think there's your answer. But they also, I must say, have a water theme to them. So even Flow, which is our Hell's 
lager that right, yeah. is the beer names amongst the waves. Yes. I was about to say because I'm not sure Jeremy has got it. <laughs> <laughs> um, we, we haven't done a beer called Jeremy. No. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's so, always time. There's always time. I'd say Pearl Jam. So, Bertie, Bertie, if you listen to this, yeah, you know where we are. Well, you know, I do hear that. I do hear that Eddie Vedder is a regular listener to uh, my British craft beer podcast. <laughs> Who'd have thought? Who'd have thought? Yeah, I think they are. They're, they're, from, they're from Seattle. Yeah, whether they're yeah. still there. I, do a place I, think, I think. I think. Uh, I, I have. I have a sneaking suspicion that somebody at a brewery in Seattle I know knows those guys. So I'll see what I can do, guys. Ooh, oh, that would be good. Can you imagine? Be, can you imagine if that came to pass? pass. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just going to be there filming Les's face. Yeah, because we can spend all day going. Yeah. Oh my God, you're on the floor, energy. It'd, it'd be it'd be speechless the whole the whole really the whole day. Most of the time when people come, I'm speechless anyway because I can't get a word in edgeways. So. <laughs> oh, no, it's just me. <laughs> oh yeah, well, oh, it's been fantastic chatting with you guys, um, and the beers have been brilliant. Thank you so much for spending the time. Thank you. Um, no, not at all. And uh, next time I'm up in Liverpool, uh, I don't know when that's going to be now, but next time I'm up in Liverpool, I'll definitely uh, pop by and see uh, you guys have a few beers in your, your lovely tap room. Absolutely. Yep. You'd be very welcome. welcome. Yes. yes. Absolutely. Brilliant. Excellent. Thanks again so much for spending the time chatting with me this evening. That's great. Uh, Cheers, thanks Paul. Thanks, Paul. Cheers, sharing, sharing Bye, this guys. co-hosting Bye. with me. I really appreciate it, Paul. And um, Julie. You know how much I adore you. Keep brewing what you're brewing. You're good, good humans. Thank you. Absolutely. We try. We try. <laughs> Absolutely. Brilliant. Brilliant. Well, I know that I say this all the time, but it's because it's true. I really, really enjoyed recording that. Uh, the O'Grady's and Melissa know each other so well, so it was great being there to witness their banter. Uh, look out for all of Neptune's excellent beers and keep an eye out for Lusker, which may or may not be brewed by them, and also for that Samphire and Lamb Gosa, which definitely won't be brewed by them. Thanks again to Les and Julie for being my guests and a big thanks to Melissa for co-hosting with me. Melissa is very busy and I was so honoured that she could spare some time to get involved with the episode. Don't forget to look out for her books, in particular the new one, The Ultimate Book of Craft Beer. And also check out her tour, as she may be in a bar near you soon. Details of all of that can be found on her website, melissacoldbeer.com. Melissa will be in Hampshire on the 12th of December and Macclesfield on the 17th. And perhaps there might be some more dates coming in the new year. I enjoyed all of the beer sampled this evening and I'm a big fan of On The Bounty so I'm really looking forward to that coming out again next year as was discussed earlier. Especially that barrel aged version which sounds absolutely awesome. Check out Neptune's website neptunebrewery.com for all of their beers and merchandise and I'm sure if you're up in the Liverpool area you'll find lots of pubs serving their beer and of course if it's on a Saturday then pay them a visit at their tap room. Okay, so it's time for me now to get ready, put my glad rags on, and go to the British Guild of Beer Writers Awards dinner. Stay right there, and I'll tell you how it went. Well, I didn't win, but 
to be honest, to be shortlisted was a great achievement and I'm very, very proud of that. Um, I did, however, have a brilliant evening at the awards. The beers were superb, as you'd expect, and the food was amazing too. When I arrived at the venue, which was 1 Great George Street, just off of Parliament Square in London, the drinks reception room had several bars at Carlsberg, Heineken, Allsops, Green King, Asahi, and one operated by SEBA, the Society of Independent Brewers, and that was where I headed. The beer list there included beers from the likes of North Bruco, Fine Ales, Next Amper, Thornbridge, Utopian, Beak Brewery, and Rock Leopard. I started with Beak's Pale Ale, Popple, then moved on to Utopian's Vienna Keller Lager. Next up, I had both of Rock Leopard's beers on the bar, a West Coast IPA called Taking on the World, and their hazy New England pale, Don't Delete the Kisses. We were then called into dinner, and each course was paired with beers. The starter of Seabass was paired with Utopian's 10 Degrees Session Lager. Uh, the main course of Lamb was paired with Wolf, a dark Scottish ale from Windswept Brewery. And we also got to sample the beer paired with the vegetarian main, which was Rooster's Roots Rock Reggae Pineapple and Grapefruit IPA. Finally, the dessert of a chocolate fondant was paired with an 11% imperial stout called Waiting for the Rain from Loch Lomond Brewery. I enjoyed that one the most, but a few others said that it was too sweet for them. I agree it was very sweet, but that doesn't really bother me. Then, after the awards were handed out, we headed back to the bar for a few post-dinner beers. I had uh, more of Rock Leopard's West Coast IPA, which I preferred to all of the others, uh, a next stamper bone box cooler, which is a smoky London porter, and then a Belgian triple from uh, another bar there. Uh, sorry, it didn't catch the name. I mean, by that time I had had rather a lot of beer. Uh, I met lots of beer royalty as well, including Melissa Cole, so nice to finally meet her in person, and other beer writers such as Adrian Tierney Jones, Emma Inch, Ruvani De Silva, Helen Ann Smith of the Burham Collective, Will Hawks, Roger Protz, Claire Bullen, Mark Dredge, who you may see on Sunday Brunch, uh, Dave Hayward, also owner of a hoppy place in Windsor, uh, the comic James Dowdswell, Sarah Sinclair, and the man of the night winning four awards, including the main one of Beer Writer of the Year, Pete Brown. The winner of the Young Beer Writer Award was Ashley Joanna, who was sat at my table. Ashley is from New York, but lives in Belgium and writes for Belgian Smack, as well as taking some truly amazing photos for them. On the brewer's side, I chatted with Danny Tapper and Robin Head Foreman from Beak Brewery, Andy Parker from Elusive Brewing, Jeremy Swainson from Utopian, Charlotte Cook from Coalition Brewery, Jager Wise from Wildcard Brewery, and Stacey IA from Rock Leopard. I also chatted with Christian Townsley from North Bruco, who was seated at my table. It was a fantastic evening and congratulations to all of the winners, which can be found on the British Guild of Beer Writers website and their Twitter. So that's all for this episode. Join me again in a few weeks for the Christmas special. I'm very excited to announce the guests for this. I will be joined by Miranda and Bates from Duration Brewery as my main guests. And as I did last year, I will also have a chat with three beer writers about their beers of the year, Brewery of the Year and New Brewery of the Year. Those writers will be Ruvani De Silva, Emma Inch and the man of the moment, Pete Brown. I'll also be watching all of Jager Wise's series on Amazon Prime called Beer Masters 
and reviewing it on that episode. I chatted with Jago about it last night and she asked me to do an honest review of it for the podcast, so I'm very happy to oblige. That episode will be out just before Christmas, probably on the 20th or 21st. Keep an eye on my Twitter. So that's all for this episode. Thanks for listening.